gentlemen, Rob Porter on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. with Kevin Kramer on the program later. Uh, coming up at 1.30, we'll have his uh, regular open phone segment. So if you have questions for the congressman, comments for the congressman, anything you want to talk to him about, it's open phones during that segment, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. It's open phones right now, too, frankly, if you want to call in. Uh, Nolan, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing quite well. How are you, Rob? I'm doing good. Have you heard about this uh, ESPN Robert E. Lee thing? I did. I heard about it this morning. Pretty outrageous, quite frankly. Every, every, yeah, everybody's talking about it. I, if for some reason you haven't heard about this yet, I, I guess what happened is is ESPN has a has a broadcaster, a commentator uh, named Robert Lee, and sometime after the the, the Charlottesville event or riot or whatever the hell you want to call it uh he was he was set to broadcast a virginia football game and he got pulled from the broadcast although there's some because espn's kind of claiming now that they like gave him the choice or whatever um i'm not sure i'm not sure how that's entirely accurate but espn was worried that because this guy's name was robert lee obviously close to the famous Civil War General Robert E. Lee for the Confederacy, that there would be some sort of hue and cry. And you know what? I mean, maybe there would have been, um, which is which is sort of my take on this whole thing. And, and my question for the audience today, is it time to stop catering to morons? Because it, it seems like that's what we're doing. I, and, and this is sort of a variation on a theme of a, of a rant that I like to get off on now and then um where social media has become this sort of mob right this this mob that has a hair trigger that is ready to go off at you know at a moment's notice over absurd things right so that's a big part when when you're you know whether you're espn or walmart or whatever the all these giant businesses live in fear of being the subject of some viral campaign upset over something right because that's that's all it is somebody outraged somebody starts a hashtag and then the next thing you know some business is getting beat to crap on the internet and seeing their bottom line impacted because somebody somewhere is upset because uh you know There's not enough, you know, like like there's there's no gender neutral terms for like the toy aisle or whatever. I mean, there's all sorts of things that people are getting mad at. And so I, in some ways, I almost understand what ESPN is doing. Now, ESPN as a company uh, is has, you know, come under fire for being, you know, pretty far left. They've embraced a pretty far left politics. And I think that's, I, you know, I, I think people turn to sports maybe to not have to deal with politics, but now politics are in the sports, and ESPN's been doing a lot of that, and I think that's hurting their bottom line. So this is probably also a manifestation of that, but part of me, I, I don't really blame ESPN for doing this in in a way. I mean, it's dumb. It's 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 really dumb that they did it. I mean, and, and by the way, the the Robert Lee, the, the, the broadcaster, Asian guy, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure specifically what his heritage is, but Asian American man, clearly not Robert E. Lee from the Confederacy, who was a bearded white man. Uh, so I don't. I it, it seems absurd, you know. Lee being a very common last name among Asian Americans, Robert being a very common name in general. Uh, 
yeah, somebody's named Robert Lee. He wasn't named after the Confederate general. I don't understand who in their right mind would think that they could even confuse the two, or even if somebody made that connection, why it would matter. ESPN is not having a long-dead Confederate general broadcast collegiate football games. But the fact that I, 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 I guess the I guess the fact that ESPN was afraid of that to me isn't outside of the realm of the ordinary in, in, in today's America, where we see these constant social media campaigns because somebody's outraged, somebody starts a hashtag, a whole bunch of other people click like, and the next thing you know, some business is taking it on the chin over something stupid. And the thing is, I, I think we're starting to pay too much attention to the idiots. Because the people who start, as, as, as big as these social media campaigns get sometimes, as, as much chatter as happens out there sometimes, I still think it's a relatively small portion of the population that is getting bent out of shape about this stuff, right? It's a cautious step, really, for ESPN. That's the way right. I see it. Just because if you, I don't know if you follow the news of that company, but I think it was last week, they ran into some trouble because they were doing a live fantasy right. football auction and they were auctioning off actual right. players. That was I think that Sean, had something Sean, to do with it. That was Sean King from the New York Post, I guess, who got upset because, I mean, I, I guess he was suggesting that it was, I mean, because a lot of the athletes are African-Americans. And they and, did have, the people who were auctioning off did have the players' heads on, like, wooden sticks. Like, that's how they were doing it. If right. he, it, it looked it looked really bad. I don't know. I thought. I don't I mean, know. come on. Nobody, no, nobody literally thought it was a slave auction. I mean, nobody, nobody. I, it, it's stuff like that. It just makes me mad. I, I mean, grow up, right? These are highly paid athletes. Fantasy sports are hugely popular. Auctioning is one way those leagues draft. It's not a slave auction. Nobody's being sold into slavery. Nobody's really being sold, period. It's literally fantasy. It's made up. Those athletes are well compensated. They're entertainers. They're performers. They're athletes. Come on. I, I and, and this is we take it's almost like we don't have enough bad that's actually going on, right? I mean, if, if you go back a couple of generations, you know, we had the Vietnam War and the civil rights struggle, and you go before that, then you have like the Great Depression and you know, we, we were still a very agrarian society, so most people were still farming. Uh, it's still trying to scratch a living out of the dirt and grow enough food for their families and have a little bit left over to sell. I mean, we're not that far removed from daily human life being a struggle. But the thing is, is we are removed from it now. And so our big challenges today are not being so hugely fat, right? We have to find ways to not be fat, to not eat so much because we live in a time of such plenty that being too fat is a big problem that, that a lot of Americans, if not most Americans, face. And also, we have to find things to be upset about. We have to find causes because life is so good in 2017 America. And I know it's not fashionable to say this, but life is so good now. We have solved so many problems that we have to find stupid things to get outraged about on the Internet. This is where we're at as a society right now. Love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. I, I, I think we can... We got to stop the outrage. We got to stop catering to idiots. If somebody's upset, oh, that looks like a slave auction. Shut up. Oh, his name's Robert Lee. It's just like the Confederate General. Shut up.
That should be our reaction. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Good afternoon. Welcome back. We're talking about this ESPN uh, broadcaster thing. And and the broader, um, I don't know. I, I think Americans don't have enough to do with their time. I, I think life has become so easy for us in so many ways. Um, right? And I'm, I'm not saying it's, I, we don't have enough to occupy our time. And, and so the internet has given us the opportunity to be outraged and about things and, and then express our outrage for, for a mass audience and turn that, that outrage into sort of digital mobs. And we like it. And, and you know, I, we, we, we got to have better things to do than, than to connect the dots on, you know, a fantasy football auction on ESPN and say, Oh, that looks like a slave auction or, uh, you know, uh, oh, a, a commentator's uh, name is, is sort of like a Civil War general. Uh, come on. Let's grow up. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, let's see. Karen's on the line. Go ahead, Karen. What's up? Two short points. Robert E. Lee was Americans, America's favorite um, guest general. And also, the Lee last name, many Asians have and many fine Americans have. So yeah. I don't understand the problem. Well, there's actually, there actually a famous uh, revolutionary war. As a matter of fact, I think Robert E. I think Robert e. Lee was uh, descended from him. Uh, but uh, Light Horse Harry Reed, I believe, was, was a famous uh, Civil War, or excuse me, not Civil War, Revolutionary War general. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Lee is, is not just Asian Americans, but, but also... It's 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 a common last name in America, you know. Lots of people have it. Uh, Robert's a very common name. The fact that somebody would be named Robert Lee is nothing. It means nothing. It signifies nothing. People getting outraged about it are morons. Lee is a fine last name. Wonderful Absolutely. people have that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be critical of anybody, be critical of Robert E. Lee, who, by all accounts, was a fine. Uh, military technician and, and a fine general who fought for uh, a, a not very honorable cause. Well, that wasn't really what he was fighting for. He was fighting for his state of Virginia. Well, I don't know that you could separate the two. If you fought for the Confederacy, you were fighting for slavery. Well, um, it, no. Also, well, I mean that's that's what it was. That's literally what it was. Also, he uh, did good fighting. He was not a bad fighting general. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, on the military, he was an honorable man on on the military field. But the the cause of the South was was not a just one. Th- thanks for the call, Karen. Appreciate it. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. Uh, let's see, Corey emails. Uh, if everyone thought, uh, he goes, you are exactly correct. If everyone thought like you, we wouldn't have any problems. I agree with you one hundred percent. We need to shut up the idiots. I wish there was an easy way to do that, but they keep getting more and more idiots to follow them. Yeah, I, and here's the thing. I don't, I don't really want to shut anybody up. I just don't think we need to, to, to react to them all the time, right? And, and especially corporate America does this. Businesses and corporations do this because they're allergic to bad publicity, right? So 
you know, they're, they're easy targets for, for this sort of digital mob is, is they don't want bad press. They don't want bad publicity. All they really want to do is just sell their product, right? ESPN just wants to sell their cable programming. They just want you to tune in so they can sell advertising and collect, uh, the, you know, the, the, their cable subscription dollars. Uh, that's all they want to do. They, they don't, they, you know, they don't really want to jump into this stuff. They don't really want to be... Well, they want to be controversial in an interesting way, not controversial in a way that makes people think this. So if, if anybody's going to criticize them, or if, whether it's ESPN or, you know, Coca-Cola or Walmart or Ford or GMC or whatever, these companies don't want this stuff. So they're easy targets. And so somebody goes out and they says, oh, you know, I, I connected the dots on this. So this looks racist. And even though even though there was no racist intent at all. Even though nobody was nobody thinks it's racist, nobody nobody participating is intending to be racist. There are no racists involved at all. It ends up looking because these companies overreact. And, and I think they should just stop. You know, I I, listen, I I don't want to shut anybody up. I think everybody's allowed to have their say. Even stupid morons are allowed to have their opinions and express them. But the thing is, the rest of us don't have to listen to them. You know, the, the rest of us don't have to react to them. And I, I think that's the big mistake we've been making with some of these white nationalists and stuff. I get it makes for great television, right? It makes for great cable news. It makes for great blog posts and, and Internet clicks and everything else, right? Because they're weirdos and they say things that are really offensive and it gets people wound up. I get that. But it's, you know, we we, we give them so much attention. They get so overblown and, and then... We give them power that they really shouldn't have, right? I mean, that, that's what we're doing when we cave to this stuff, right? When we cave to it, we are empowering the morons. We are empowering the idiots. I, we ought to just stop doing it, right? I mean, so, so somebody goes out there and says, oh, my God. That commentator's got the same name as Robert Lee, right? The response from the rest of us should be laughter and derision, Right? Aimed at the person who's connecting that dot because that's a stupid point to make. Who cares? Yeah, he's got the same name as Robert E. Lee. So what? He's not a Confederate. He's not racist. He's not. I mean, that means nothing. So, oh, ESPN's holding an auction for uh, professional athletes uh, for fantasy leagues because fantasy sports are really popular, and that's one way that people do a draft is through an auction. That doesn't mean it's a slave auction. And if you connect those dots, well, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Nobody at ESPN thought that they were, you know, oh, you know, uh, we're going to make people think that this is a slave auction. We're going to keep minorities down by, by Brock. No, they weren't. Come on. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, let's see, Mona emails, Rob, so does every African-American with the last name white have to change their name? And if you are white with the last name black, does that have to be changed? Enough of the madness. Yeah, I mean, I... Stop caving to morons. <laughs> Stitch that on a pillow, on no one. I like that. I think I'd sleep on that pillow. <laughs> you think you'd sleep on that pillow? <laughs> I I'd think I would definitely pillow. sit up, sleep on that Stop pillow. Stop listening to the morons. <laughs> Inspirational. We'll ask, maybe we'll ask what the congressman thinks of that. We'll see if we can <laughs> needle point that on his one of his pillows or something. Congressman Kevin Kramer coming up next. If you got comments for him, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back. This is the Rob Report. Don't go away. There's no pretty way to find out.
Welcome back. Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Congressman Kevin Kramer joins us now for a weekly town hall uh, segment, open phone segment. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. If you want to call in, you can get your questions in. 701-293-9000, or email them in to uh, talk at WDAY.com. Uh, Congressman, how are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm, I'm um, winding down sort of the busiest August of my life, I think, a little bit. But it's been it's been wild. I'm in Fargo. I thought I was just with a bunch of your colleagues at the North Dakota Broadcasters Association the annual meeting. Just finished speaking well, to them. Well, how did so, that? Because they're not very uh, happy with you over this Microsoft uh, uh, white uh, or whatever the the the, the white wide air thing, yeah. white spaces thing. Yeah, with the uh, yeah. we were using some of the broadcast spectrum for for internet. Did you get an earful? I didn't. They, in fact, I got a fair bit of support from the small market broadcasters, which I kind of expected once they got past the NAB talking points, as is often the case. I always tell them, you know, I, I, I'm a co-sponsor of pretty much every piece of legislation um, that, that they put forward, including AM Freedom Act, by the way, which is very important to AM talk radio and, uh, and important to music radio, of course. But I... Um, you know, so I'm in good standing, and, and uh, the issue with the white spaces really have about zero impact on rural markets and small markets. But, you know, they all belong to associations and organizations that require them to at least check the box and talk to me. So they have, but they've also learned that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm open-minded, but on this issue, I'm not as persuadable probably as they wish I was. But it was it's always a good relationship. I, I so appreciate local broadcasters. In fact, I talk a little bit about this this show and others that I do and and how it helps me not only talk to constituents but listen to constituents. Yeah. And so um, I think it's a, it's a pretty good model. I sure I sure appreciate the access that it provides me. Switching gears here, I, I don't know if you read my uh, my print column today, but I wrote a little bit about Donald Trump in the context of North Dakota's races because I, I think it's really interesting. I, 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 yeah. I, I think I think there's this assumption that Trump, President Trump, you know, and he does have low opinion numbers in in, in the polls mm-hmm. for, for what that although I think he's sort of proven that that maybe the polls aren't aren't the, the gospel per se but I, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of the the conventional wisdom the assumption is that that President Trump is going to be an albatross around the necks of of Republicans and maybe some parts of the country that that'll be true but here in North Dakota I, it doesn't seem like it's true and I'm looking down it's not just Republicans I saw you know when uh your uh, state senator Tom Campbell came out and announced his U.S. Senate race. You know, one of his first messages was, "I want to work with Trump." Already hitting Senator mm-hmm. Heidi Heitkamp for for uh, he he alleging that, that she's not working with Trump. The NRSC comes out; they've got a, a digital ad campaign uh, hitting Senator Heitkamp for not uh, supposedly not working with with President Donald Trump. Uh, Ben Hansen, who is former state lawmaker, who is running for your seat in in the U.S. House, the seat that, that you occupy now, uh, he comes out and he, and he he said, uh, "I'm not running against Trump. I'm running against Kevin Kramer." Um, you know, so I you're going down this list. And looking, you know, nobody really wants to tackle Trump in in North Dakota. I don't think he's going to be the liability here. Some things think he is. Well, I think it's certainly true that of all of the states, and I think you've seen some of the national polling, and we track it pretty carefully. There are organizations that track state by state and, and across the country. And in, in North Dakota, North Dakota is one of his top two or three states in terms of popularity, favorable rating. And, and favorable rating might be more important than popularity. We oftentimes see popular politicians who don't have that high a favorable rating with regard to policy. And I think for Donald Trump, his real asset in North Dakota are the policies, the early policies of rollback of regulations, whether it's, you know, 
water regulations like WOTUS or energy regulations like you know, clean buffer zone. He gets a lot of kudos for that and appropriately so. So, you know, so he starts out with that. I think what's interesting, though, um, so, yeah, you see the Democrats like Ben Hansen and, and others not necessarily running against him or wanting to choose him as the target because it's not the target that you'd hoped it would be among the general population, among the Republican um, base. And given that the history, and I, you and I could probably have a pretty good discussion about this one, but you know the, the fact that I was able to run in a primary against an endorsed candidate and win, the fact that Doug Burgum followed that up uh, two years later in a, in a governor's race, um, you know Donald Trump to the party, to anybody that might want to go to the primary route, becomes a very important, I think, asset to their campaign. And so, you know, sometimes winning a primary means you then run the other direction in the general. Not so much the case in, in North Dakota, but I think for Senator Campbell, it's you know, pretty, probably a pretty wise strategy to hitch himself to Donald Trump. Now, now speaking of Donald Trump, it's certainly if, if anybody else wants to call and get their comments or questions, it's 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. He was just down in Arizona. Um, one of the big promises, uh, I mean, maybe the promise he made more often on, on the campaign trail last year was the border wall, right? And build, yeah. build the wall. Right. That, that was the big thing. Yeah. He was just down in Arizona. I know you sent out uh, a press release sort of praising him uh, on this and, and pointing out that the House has passed funding for the border wall and has also passed some other policies uh, mm-hmm. to, to help with illegal immigration. And it is absolutely true. I mean, I think the Trump administration can point to the fact illegal immigration arrests at the border have fallen pretty dramatically since since they Very took dramatic. office. Yep. They're enforcing the law. Yep. But I, I think a lot of people are thinking he's he's got to build this wall. If he doesn't build this wall, that's going to be a big failure of his administration. How important is it for him to build this wall? Yeah, I think it's pretty important, Rob, that he, that he build the wall. And, and, and while things change and while you can make some adjustments along the way, maybe that means the, not the entire wall, maybe parts of it are – covered by other means, but at the very least, we have to build several miles of a, of a physical structure, I believe, for him to both fulfill his promise and, frankly, to um, sustain his promise. You know, as you've said, and what I, as I pointed out, and by the way, I just noticed that the White House itself took my quote and put it in their news release today about the speech, and this, this is more than just a trifling promise. This has had the impact um, by the way, much much like his rhetoric about business and about regulations has had the impact of growing the economy, his rhetoric on the wall has had an impact on border crossings. And and the problem with that is, is you know, the next president might be more like Barack Obama and apologize for America rather than stand up for America. And so you're seeing the benefit of, of his rhetoric. And I think that if his actions would follow that, you know, if, and we participate in helping him get this wall built and funding, that's the issue, right? That's a pretty big issue, but um, then, I, then I think it just has all the more teeth. And I also think, Rob, it allows him to move beyond sort of the, you know, the fight with the media and some of, the, some of that other stuff and point to this you know, fulfilled promise and the results of it and yeah. um, you know, start chalking up some victories. So I think, I, think, I think it's pretty important that we at least start the process. Tom has got a question. Go ahead, Tom. Sure. Okay, well, I guess first of all, yeah. Trump doesn't care about the wall. It's just a uh, campaign promise he made and don't worry about the past any wall but has anybody ever accused you of sounding like floyd the barber from andy griffith Ooh, andy. Andy. uh 
Thanks for the call, Tom. I, I don't know. Lloyd the Barber, are you familiar with that character, Kevin? I think, yeah, I remember Floyd the Barber. He was this guy, the barber at um, Andy Griffith in Mayberry, who uh, he had the little mustache. He never had anybody in his seat. He was always available for either Andy or Barney when they'd come in and sit down, and then he'd pretend to cut their hair while they talked. Uh, he was a very funny character. He, unfortunately, um, later in his years on the, end, on the Andy Griffith show, actually ended up getting a um, cancer and, uh, and then kind of bounced back and had a very minor role after that. But yeah, so I know, I know the show very well. I'm not sure what he was getting at. Tom's getting at. I kind of lost. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know where Tom was going with that. I, I will tell you, I, I've always thought you sound like Norm McDonald though. I mean, if I had to I pick a celebrity. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because Norm McDonald, you know, is on this show, the middle. I don't know if anybody watches the middle. I'd never heard of it before until recently. Now I watched the reruns and uh, he plays a role on the middle. So I think about you whenever I see him. Yeah, well, you got to think about yourself. Could you stop? What one time we'll have we'll have a sample. We'll 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 do something. We'll we'll have a sample sure, of him saying sure. something. Then we'll have you say it because I swear it's go. spot on. Uh, let's see what's what's uh, what's on the agenda. You're going to Kazakhstan next week. You're actually not going to be on the show because you're going to be in Kazakhstan. What's the big deal about this trip? So it's a big trip. The president is putting together a little delegation led by Secretary of uh, Defense or Secretary of Energy Rick Perry. So Rick Perry and I, and then uh, one of his assistants in the White House. And two private sector folks, a VP from General Electric and, uh, and a large energy investor, are making up the presidential delegation. Kazakhstan this year is the host of Expo 2017. It's part of the World's Fair program. And Expo 2017 involves 115 countries from around the world, obviously, coming to this, this World's Fair three-month World's Fair event. Every state has a pavilion, including the United States. Kazakhstan is hosting this year's theme of future energy. And so... It's an opportunity for us to go pitch you know, U.S. technology and uh, certainly um, all of the various energy diversification that exists in the United States. Kazakhstan is, in fact, a petrol state, as you might know. Uh, much of their gross domestic product, the uh, vast majority of it, in fact, relates to oil and gas uh, production. Uh, American companies like Chevron have huge investments in Kazakhstan. So the, the secretary and I are going to, and the delegation, going to meet with the president of Kazakhstan as well as the uh, prime minister, talk about energy issues, meeting with businesses, both American and Kazakhstani uh, yeah, businesses. And then um, from there, we're going on to, uh, to Ukraine. And uh, that, that's not the entire delegation. That's just the three of us, the secretary and me and, and uh, one other person. We're going to Ukraine to meet with their leadership because, of course, their issues are very similar to North Dakota's uh, in terms of what they would, what they farm and how they farm. And a lot of North Dakota companies, in fact, are in Ukraine. Uh, but they also are under the thumb of, of Vladimir Putin, much like Kazakhstan. Ukraine is more under the, his thumb, obviously, than Kazakhstan. But Kazakhstan requires going through Russia with their pipelines, things like that. Ukraine is more dependent on the products coming to them through Russia. And so we uh, we also have a very important relationship. We just shipped the first load of coal from Pennsylvania to Ukraine this week. Um, we'll get there and back before the, the ship of, shipment of coal gets there. Uh, we also have some very serious um, some very serious um, issues in Kazakhstan as it relates to to the nuclear fleet and nuclear fuels. And uh, Kazakhstan is a very important partner, probably our, by far our biggest partner in Central Asia. As it relates to proliferation of, uh, of um, uranium, they, they don't participate in it. They were one of the very first. And so we've got some issues there we want to visit with them about. Of course, as you know, the Department of Energy uh, oversees the, uh, you know, the supply uh, and, and, uh, and whatnot of uranium and nuclear materials. So uh, 
Very important trip. It's also an opportunity, Rob. You remember the whole debate, uh, the president loves to raise it, um, the whole debate over whether or not the United States ought to stay in the Paris Accord. I was was right in the middle of that debate. My side lost, if you will. But this is another forum for us to go to, and I think this is where Donald Trump deserves so much credit. He sees these opportunities where 150 countries, 115 countries are in one place. Uh, talk about the topic of future energy. We bring some of our innovative leaders and, um, and political leaders to Kazakhstan to, to visit with them about uh, future energy and, and to sell yeah. American and, in some cases, North Dakota products. Well, we're out of time, but a lot of times these days, I'm thinking the future of energy kind of looks like doing a lot of the old energy in new ways, but... We'll have to I talk think that's about that. right, Rob. I, yeah. There's there's new energy too, of course, but you're exactly right. Coal being cleaner, you know, oil and gas, the footprint being smaller, uh, um, energy efficiency using those fossil fuels is part of it, along with wind and solar and yeah. batteries and all kinds of other technologies. All right. Well, Kevin, we'll have to get into that. Well, not next week, but the week after. You have to fill us in about the <laughs> trip. Right. Thanks for your time, as always. Thanks, Rob. Always a pleasure. Bye bye. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. We'll wrap things up right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAYM, 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000. If you want to call in, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, emailer uh, says, good topics today. I agree the control uh, the control has gone crazy PC. I don't know what that means. Uh, I have to agree, disagree with your opinion on the Civil War. I have spent considerable time studying the Civil War, and the war was about states' rights and federal overreach. Slavery was a huge part of states' rights, but not the only part. Uh, the Confederate soldiers were fighting for their state, not their country. In 1861, you identified as a Virginian, Tennessean, New Yorker, etc., not an American. Uh, go back in time and interview a Confederate soldier. I bet the majority uh, could care less about slavery. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I think that's some historical revisionism. I mean, I mean yeah, states' rights. The problem is that slavery has nothing to do with states' rights, and, and that's really unfortunate because states' rights are a hugely important concept in our federalist society right uh one one that has been run roughshod over really since the civil war since the people who were pros pro-slavery in the confederacy attempted to use states rights to fight to preserve slavery and then later uh, you know attempted to use states rights to attempt to, to oppose uh, you know racial integration of schools and whatnot uh, so unfortunately, states' rights is a very important concept in our society that has unfortunately been used as a tool uh, to promote slavery and racial inequality. Uh, you know, that's it's not really the tool's fault. That's like blaming a hammer. Nothing's wrong with the hammer. It, what's if, if it's used in a murder, it's not the hammer's fault, right? You know, states' rights are, are a tool of federalism that have, unfortunately has been deployed in, in, in some really terrible ways. Um, and, and, and the Civil War was not about states rights the civil war was about slavery right i mean we, we could see the seeds of it all the way going back to the founding of our country i mean all, even going all the way back to the declaration of independence which was written in part 
by a slave was written by a slave owner, Thomas Jefferson, but yet stated that all men are created equal. I mean, even in that fundamental paradox where you have somebody who owns slaves writing about all men are created equal, already you were starting to see a nation that was beginning to aspire to something better than slavery. But unfortunately, the economy of the South was very much tied to slavery, and that set up a conflict which ultimately led to war. And, and it almost resulted in our uh, nation not even being formed as we know it today at the time of the revolution. So it, it was it was absolutely about slavery to, to try to suggest that, that the Civil War, that the people fighting for the South were fighting for something other than slavery is wrong. Now, they deployed a lot of other tactics and they invoked a lot of other principles, but it was all towards the, the goal of protecting slavery, which was key to the Southern economy. I'm sorry. That's just the way it was. That's just reality. And suggesting otherwise is revisionism. I mean, I mean, if you want to argue the Civil War, hugely complex part of history, I'm with you. It is. But the South fought for slavery. That's just reality. That's it for me today. Jay Thomas, straight ahead. You can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. North Dakota's most popular political blog. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.